Oh, nice job. Very good, very good. You may have a seat. Give Hudson a hand. Uh, at this time, I'm going to ask our children's director, Jody, to come up and share some of the exciting things taking place at Christ Point in the days ahead. Jody. <laughs> Thanks. You don't have to clap for me either. I mean, Hudson did a very great job. Um, well, good morning, everyone. We're so glad that you are here to worship with us today. Um, if it is your first time here or you've just been here a couple times and you're wondering, how do I get connected at Christ Point? How do I learn more about who the church is and who we are. You have a little connection card. I don't actually think they're on your chairs today because the chairs were so fancy. Maybe they didn't want to mess them up. I don't know. But we have some on the back table. If you would like a connection card, you can either scan the QR code with your phone or you can fill out the back. We have an offering box that is right near the door on your way out. You can drop those connection cards in there and that will give us the opportunity to connect with you this week to tell you more about who we are and to find out who you are and what you'd like to know about us. So, I don't know if you know this, but Christmas is only two weeks away. Yeah. Christmas is only two weeks away. Yay, that's exciting. It's my favorite time of year. Um, next week is our Christmas cafe, so we'll, we will have treats and drinks and all of those things. It is also truly my favorite day of the year. It is our tacky dress-up contest. I believe the Henry family were one of our winners last year, so competition is intense. Um, you can wear just a tacky sweater, or you can go full festive elf. Prizes will be awarded. It is a very intense competition, so I'm asking you to bring your A game. Um, and there's no shame. Just go, go crazy. I promise that my family and I will. You will not be the only person who looks very silly. Um, but that is next week. Then the following... Week we have Christmas Eve at the barn. If you were here last year, it was such a beautiful and special time. We will have an outdoor activities from 4.30 to 5.30. There will be s'mores, fire pits, hay rides, crafts, um, a petting zoo, all of the fun things that we had last year. And then at 5.30, we will come inside for our service. Our kids will be performing a little skit that is super lovely that they've been working really hard on. So we would love, love, love for you to join us. Invite your neighbors, invite your friends to come and celebrate Christmas Eve at the barn this year. Um, and another reminder, the following Sunday, the 26th, we do not have service. We take that as a day of rest before starting the new year. So you do not have to come on the 26th. If you do, you can just go for a walk, but we will not be here. Um, so if you show up, that is why we love to just rest that day as we prepare for the new year. So right now, um, one of our elders, Phil, is coming up with Anna, and they're going to do a little interview. And students, kindergarten through fifth grade, you can meet Ms. Jen and Connor in the back, and we will dismiss. All right, thank you. Good morning, y'all. Oh, come on. Good morning. Donnie? <laughs> All right. So uh, at Christ Point, we exist to point people to Jesus. And one of the ways we do that is by establishing a culture of joyful service. And so periodically, we want you to hear from and meet uh, some people from our body. And so today, you're going to meet Anna Pierce. And so like Anna, maybe, for those who don't know you, maybe share a little bit about yourself and your family. Okay, thank you, Phil. Yeah. Um, my name is Anna, as he said. My husband is Andy. You aren't losing your mind. You probably have met another Anna and Andy already. Mm -hmm. um, they greet at the door. That's not us. My husband Andy was up here on the base earlier. We have three children. Naya, our daughter, is 11. 
Benjamin is 13. He's running the slides this morning. And our oldest is Aiden. He just turned 15. Good deal. So Jesus was the model for service. He sacrificially gave up himself. And so maybe talk a little bit about why you serve and how it's impacted you and your family. Yeah, sure. So um, I serve as a way of pointing people to Jesus. I consider it a privilege to be invited into what God's doing here on the earth. And um, I consider it my worship to him, a way of offering my body as a living sacrifice to him. Um, so we've seen you serve. For those who haven't seen Anna, she serves with our kids ministry, our student ministry, and a lot of other things. There's needs around the church, and she'll just jump in and do it. So talk to us a little bit about why you serve with the students and the kids. Right. So I love students. I love middle school, high school age. It's such a fun age. Um, I loved it even before my kids hit this age. I've worked with students for a long time, um, just a short time here at Christ Point, though. So yeah, it's, it's a tough age where they're figuring out who they are, trying to learn uh, who God created them to be. And if students are willing to come to a place and, and learn about God and talk about who he is and discover who he made them to be, I want to be a part of that. And then, and then Christ Point kids, I've, I feel like I've always served in kids ever since I had kids of my own. And I will say, before I had kids, I had opportunities to serve in children's ministries that I didn't take those opportunities, and I've always felt like I missed out on relationships that, that, that I could have had or, um, or ways that God wanted to grow me that I didn't because I didn't take advantage of those opportunities. So how has serving impacted you and your family? Well, all those ways. Um, it's life-giving for me. It changes me. It grounds me in scripture and prayer because I can't pour into others um, I can't pour out my life as an offering if I'm not connected to the source of life. So it really keeps me connected with God, and um, it's the way I find my people. It's how I find my dearest friends is serving with, with them. And um, Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. So everyone's sitting in comfy chairs today, and so if someone's sitting in a comfy chair and they're thinking, huh, I'm not serving, what would you have to say to someone that hasn't found their place yet serving here at Christ Point? I would say you're missing out. Um, just looking back over my life and the times that I didn't serve, I feel like I was missing out when I wasn't serving. So if there, there are lots of opportunities to get involved here at Christ Point. There are uh, ministry leaders and elders that would love to get you connected. So just start that conversation. There's a form on our website that you can go to and say that you're interested in learning more. It's not a commitment. You're not signing up. Nobody's putting you on the schedule next week. It's just an opportunity to say, hey, I don't want to miss out on what God's doing. I want to be a part of it. Amen. Well, Anna, we praise God for the gifts he's given you and how you've really pressed in and really pointed people to Jesus. Thank you. You're welcome. As Phil said, we exist as a church to point people to Jesus. Um, one of the ways that we do that is by encountering the life-transforming power of the Word of God. We experience authentic community, and we establish a culture of joyful service. When I see and experience people who are living that out, uh, it brings joy uh, to my heart and to my soul. Uh, we have been invited to be a part of God's mission here on earth, and it is our joy to be a part of what God is doing uh, for his namesake. Uh, God has been kind to us 
as a church, uh, when I hear stories like Anna's of people who are uh, living out our purpose and mission, it brings me joy when I think back upon this last year and consider all that God has done in our midst in providing land for us and hopefully, Lord willing, a building next year. Uh, I just give God thanks for uh, the good work that uh, he is doing. And so uh, as we open up our, our, our Bibles this morning, before we do, uh, I want to invite you, if you would, to pray with me. So please bow in a word of prayer. Uh, as is our custom here at Christ Point, I want to invite you to take a moment and you pray for you. You know you better than I know you. And so pray that God, uh, through and by his spirit, would speak to you this morning. And if you would be so kind, would you pray for me that God's Spirit would give me wisdom and discernment and strength and courage and clarity as I open up his word. Father God, I think about uh, each and every person here this morning has come uh, with different life experiences, different thoughts about you, uh, different feelings about life today. Each person is unique and different, uh, and only you can minister to them in the way that they need. And so I pray now that your spirit would bring strength, courage, and hope into the hearts of your people. God, we give you thanks today for the love that you've shown to us in Jesus, and we pray that you would help us by your Spirit to love one another well. Lord, we pray these things in Jesus' name and by your Spirit. Amen. Well, I have the, the best news on the planet to share with you this morning. It's simple. You likely have heard it before. Uh, for the vast majority of us, I'm going to assume that it's a reminder uh, but it's something that I need to be reminded of often, uh, so I'm going to go ahead and remind uh, all of us. Uh, and the good news that I have for you is that God loves uh, God loves you. He really does. I don't know if you grew up hearing that. I don't know if you've heard that in churches. Maybe you've seen it on a billboard as you've driven down the freeway. Uh, maybe you have turned on your television and seen a questionable TV preacher saying something like that. I don't know what kinds of thoughts, the feelings, or emotions that conjures up in your mind or in your heart, uh, but I want to let you know this morning uh, that God, the God of the universe, uh, loves you. My God loves you. And so this morning, I just want us to think, uh, to ponder, to consider, uh, to sit in the selfless, uh, costly, uh, undeserved, unearned, incomparable love of God. I want you to feel uh, God's love for you this morning. 
Uh, our text is from 1 John chapter 4, uh, beginning in verse 7. And so if you have your Bibles, uh, please turn with me there. 1 John chapter 4, uh, beginning in verse 7. The passage also will be on the screen for you this morning. Or if you're a fan of your phone and you get a little itchy, putting it away for an hour, and you just need to touch it and see what's there, you can go on the Version app, uh, go under events, find Christ Point Church, and you'll be able to follow along this morning. Uh, 1 John chapter 4, verse 7 says, Beloved, uh, let us love one another, for love is from God. And whoever loves has been born of God and knows God. Anyone who does not love does not know God, because God is love. In this, the love of God was made manifest among us, that God sent his only Son into the world so that we might live through him. In this is love, not that we have loved God, but that he loved us and sent his Son to be the propitiation for our sins. Beloved, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God, If we love one another, God abides in us and his love is perfected in us. Uh, What do you love? What do you love? I'm going to do something different this morning. I want to invite you to turn to your neighbor. This may make you squirm a little bit, but I want you to share three things that you love. The first three things that come to mind, if you're watching at home, uh, you can do the same thing with your family on the couch or on the phone, however you're watching. Just Quickly share the next uh, 15 seconds, three things that you love. Go. All right, that's enough. That's enough. That's enough. I don't know what you said, but I did hear Jesus, and I also heard chocolate. Uh, that word, love, is, is a funny word, isn't it? I mean, it's funny because the way that we use it, we talk about a whole lot of different things. We may say things like, I love coffee. Uh, I love warm sweatshirts. I love the mountains and the beach. I love God's chicken, Chick-fil-A. I love chocolate. Or we may say things like, I love uh, Melissa. I love my children. I love my family. I love Jesus. When we use that word, some of the things that we talk about admittedly uh, seem small or even insignificant. And other times when we use that word, we are talking about massively important things. And so what is love? What is love according to the Bible? The word is used in the Old Testament. It's, it's a Hebrew word that is ahava. And ahava means affection or care for one another. It can mean physical love, but it doesn't always mean that. In fact, it's used broadly. It's used of parental love or brotherly love or love for a leader. Uh, in Aramaic, which is a sister language 
of Hebrew, there's a word that is used for love uh, that is, um, is, is very close to the Hebrew word, but it's rachman. kind of means the same thing. Uh, in the New Testament, when people started following Jesus, the language of the day primarily was Greek, and so they had a, a word for love. It was agape. Uh, we can learn a lot about this love spoken of by reading scriptures, right? We read the Bible, and uh, we can get a definition of love. We can read a passage like 1 Corinthians chapter 13, love is uh, patient, love is kind. We, we start developing a, a beautiful definition of what love is. But one of the things that I love about Scripture is it doesn't simply give a definition of love. It actually shows love. Right? It, it demonstrates uh, what love looks like. And so when we read uh, the Bible, we see not only love defined, but we see love demonstrated. And we see love demonstrated in this passage from uh, 1 John chapter 4, that we read earlier today, the first thing that we noticed is that uh, God's love is selfless. Uh, God's love is selfless. Verse 9 says, In this the love of God was made manifest among us, that God sent his only son Jesus into the world so that we might live through him. God sent his only son, Jesus, into the world. Uh, do you have something in your life that is precious to you? Uh, do you have something that, that you love, that you hold near and dear to your heart? Uh, maybe it's something that to other people seem insignificant, or maybe it is something that actually is quite costly. Uh, do you have something of value in your life? Uh, there is one scripture speaks of who was incredibly valuable and God gave him as a gift uh, to you and to me. Uh, the love of God is selfless. And that is unusual because love in the world oftentimes uh, is not marked by a selfless. Oftentimes love in our world is 50-50. It's I'll meet you halfway. It's you love me and extend love to me and I'll love you back. That is not what marks the love of God. Uh, God's love is selfless. I love what one author says about a Jesus who was a demonstration of God's selfless love. He writes, the word became flesh. God became human. The invisible became visible. The untouchable became touchable. Eternal life experienced temporal death. The transcendent one descended and drew near. The unlimited became limited. The infinite became finite. The immutable became mutable. The unbreakable became fragile. Spirit became matter. Eternity became time. The independent became dependent. The almighty became meek. The loved became the hated. The exalted was humbled. Glory was subjected to shame. Fame turned into obscurity, from inexpressible joy to tears of unimaginable grief, from a throne to a cross, from ruler to being ruled, from power to weakness. Jesus, uh, God's Son, uh, was the ultimate example of God's costly love uh, to you and to me. It was a selfless act of God the Father 
uh, to send his son, Jesus. Uh, recently in my home, uh, Melissa has started doing this, this beautiful thing with Amelia. At bedtime, when Melissa gets ready for bed, can I tell this story? She doesn't know. Uh, when Melissa gets ready for bed, oftentimes uh, there's, a, there's a, a blue chair in the corner of our bedroom, and she'll maybe grab a book and sit in the chair or slide into bed with her book and prepare herself uh, to read. And I don't know what it is, but uh, our little children are like magnets uh, that time of day. And so Amelia will come into our room, and she has a little devotional book, an, an Advent book by Paul David Tripp. And Amelia, who's nine, uh, will read uh, this little Advent devotional. It's usually two pages long. Roughly 30% of the words she can't pronounce and doesn't know what they mean. Uh, but, it, but it's this beautiful thing watching her read this little devotional book, and she'll read uh, the passage and Melissa will listen, and oftentimes I just sit in the background and listen to Amelia's a little voice and think this is just the sweetest thing in the world. Um, the thing that you don't see and maybe don't know is that oftentimes when Melissa uh, will go into the bedroom uh, at night, uh, she will bring a book with her so she can actually read, right? so she can have a, a little bit of quiet. I don't know if you have children or not, but they don't know this. And so our children, whenever that happens, they become little vultures just waiting to strike. They begin circling around the bedroom, awaiting to have time with their mother. And I watched on more than one occasion as Melissa selflessly welcomes them in. I know this happens because I can hear her reading. I'm usually watching the game downstairs. And I, th I think to myself, what a selfless act for a mother to welcome her children kind of to the table to read. When I think about that example, I think about the selfless love of God in sending his son, Jesus, for you and for me. God's love is selfless. We also read in the text that God's love is costly. Verse 10 says, in this is love. Uh, not that we have loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation uh, for our sins. Propitiation is a really big theological word. It means averting the wrath of God by offering a gift. Right? Averting the wrath of God by offering of a gift. Maybe this morning uh, you want to avert the wrath of a loved one by finding that perfect gift for Christmas. I, I don't know if there are some people here that are still doing their Christmas shopping and they are looking for that perfect gift for someone special in their life. If that's you this morning, I have good news for you. Uh, full disclosure, every three to five years, I will check out the Neiman Marcus Christmas book uh, when I need a good sermon illustration. First published in 1926, Neiman Marcus would send this little 16-page book to their very best customers. I've yet to receive one. Uh, the catalog calls for its customers to, and I quote, smile big, laugh big, give big, and love even bigger. Isn't that special? Love even bigger. So what will you find in this year's edition in order to love big? Well, let me tell you. Uh, first, you could go with the Barrett-Jackson Hummer EV Edition number one. Uh, this one-of-a-kind Barrett-Jackson Hummer EV Edition 
is the world's first fully electric super truck. I wish I had this announcer voice right now, but I don't. It says the vehicle's two-tone, handcrafted leather seats and metal accents offer the perfect backdrop for customized Neiman Marcus uh, badging. A bespoke steering wheel, sleek white exterior, and transparent sky panels deliver sophistication. The extreme off-road package and unique crab walk mode are all about performance, not to mention the brand new Watts to Freedom feature that enables the vehicle to accelerate uh, to 60 miles per hour in three seconds. Don't tell Donnie, but I'm thinking about getting this for him for Christmas. How much would you pay Donnie for this little number? Try $285,000. If you want to show some big love to someone special in your life, May I suggest the Barrett-Jackson Hummer? If that's not you, if that's not your cup of tea, that's okay. We have something for you. The Roaring Twenties Party at the Apollo Theater. Experience the outrageous Roaring Twenties with an exclusive theme party at the Apollo Theater designed by famed party planner Bronson Van Wyck, the man behind some of the world's most spectacular A-list celebrations. During this unique experience, the legendary Harlem land, uh, Landmark will open its doors specially for you and 19 guests. Start the night by seeing your name and the lights on the marquee. Then get ready to be uh, transported back to the decade of decadence and dance, the night away on the famed Apollo stage. How much would you pay for a party at the Apollo Theater with a 1920s theme? $395,000. I have to be honest with you. If I'm going to spend $395,000 for a party at the Apollo Theater, I better get the Apollo Theater. That is crazy. Maybe parties aren't your thing. Maybe you're an introvert and not an extrovert. Maybe the thought of hanging out with 19 other people makes your skin crawl. I get it. That's okay. Then I have something for you. Uh, the Mogul Heart Diamond, the stunning a Mogul Heart has been coveted by royalty and noble American and European families for more than a century. The spectacular 30.86-carat D-color, internally flawless, type 2A, expertly cut diamond is a beautiful work of art. The exquisite diamond comes mounted in a Harry Winston platinum ring setting. This fantasy gift also includes the extraordinary, listen to this, this is amazing, includes the extraordinary opportunity to rename the stone, bestowing a legacy to you and your loved one's collection. How much would you pay for this beautiful diamond? $6.1 million. I have decided, even though I'm not going to purchase the diamond from Melissa this year, I've decided to rename the diamond anyway. I'm going to call it too expensive. Too expensive. Don't do that. But apparently, according to Neiman Marcus, that is big love. You want to know what big love, what great love, what majestic love is? I'll tell you. For God 
so loved the world that he gave his one only. That love, that's extraordinary love. That is costly love. God's love is selfless. God's love is costly. The love may be free to you, to me, but it came at great cost to God. God's love is costly. God's love is also unmatched and incomparable. God's love is unmatched and incomparable. What are you going to compare God's love to? Like, really, what are you going to compare it to? Nothing to compare it to. Oftentimes at Christmas time, when I was a little kid, uh, after Christmas, I would head back to school. And when we went back to school, oftentimes the kids would gather up and they would ask one another a question. What did you get for Christmas? Like, what, what did you get? What did you land? Like, I'm listening. I'm all ears. Uh, tell me all about it. I remember when I would get an IOU sweatshirt or Z Cavariccio pants. You remember those? A long time ago. They were a big deal back in the day. Big deal back in the day. We would go and we would swap stories about all of the things uh, that we landed on Christmas Day. And we would compare. What did you get? This is what I got. Oh, that's so cool. I wish I got that. I think, fortunately, still do that. But God's gift that he's given to us and his son Jesus cannot be compared. There's, there's just, there's no comparison. Scripture says of Jesus, the Son is the radiance of God's glory and the exact representation of his being, sustaining all things by his powerful word. Creator God, the same God who tells the Son to rise and to set again, the same God that spoke uh, to the waters and said, that's far enough, uh, the same God who paints the mountaintops with snow and the night sky with stars, the God who numbers the hairs on your head. You have hair on your head. The same God who numbers uh, your days. Uh, he has loved you with an unmatched and incomparable love. God the Father loved you so much that he gave to you God the Son. God's love is incomparable. God's love is also unearned and undeserved. It is unearned and it is undeserved. I've been thinking about this a lot lately. I had an opportunity to share with some students earlier, earlier this week about this, this very idea of God's unearned and undeserved love. Typically, we, we do not give or extend unearned or undeserved love. We creatures who think and believe that whatever we get, we earn. We work for it. It's how the world is set up. You work hard, you get paid a certain amount of money. You work hard in school, you get a certain a grade. Even our relationships work like that. And there's times when the friends that aren't stepping up and we're like, we're like peace out. Like, <laughs> they weren't showing up. They weren't in my life. Like, we're like, you give a little and I give a little. God's, God's love is not like that. I, I was thinking about uh, one of our favorite Christmas songs. I think I may have shared this years ago. Uh, I think it is likely, arguably, the most frightening Christmas song uh, ever written. It is. Uh, it's Santa Claus is Coming to Town. You've heard this one, have you not? 
We've, we've sung this before, not in church, but I'm sure we've sung it in our cars or at home. Uh, you know the lyrics. Uh, you can sing along if you want. I'm certainly not going to sing it. That would be terrible and tragic. Uh, the, the song goes, you better watch out. You better not cry. You better not pout. I'm telling you why. <laughs> He's making a list, checking it twice. He's going to find out who's naughty or nice. when you're sleeping. He knows when you're awake. He knows if you've been bad or good, so be good for goodness. That is frightening. There, there is man, older gentleman, big white beard, who's all-knowing, sees all, he knows all. He's watching you. Watching you. Watching you. He's watching everyone. And he knows what you're doing. Here's the setup. This is what the song says. If you are good, you'll get something good. But if you're bad, good luck. God's love not work that way. God, God love, God's love reaches out to those who, who have not earned and who do not deserve love. And he bestows his love upon us. In this, the love of God was made manifest among us, that God sent his only son into the world that we might live through him. Verse 10, in this is love, not that we have loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us. God's love is selfless. God's love is costly. It is unmatched. It is unearned. It is undeserved. And in Christ, it is yours. It is yours. And it is mine uh, through faith in Jesus. So, because that is true, I want to call you me, I want to call us to love one another. Scripture says, Beloved, let us love one another, for love is from God, and whoever loves has been born of God and knows God. Verse 11, Beloved, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. Right? So Scripture teaches us because God has loved us with this kind of love, we, in turn, out of response to God's love for us, should love one another. We can define that all the live long day. We can, we can define it. We can analyze it. We can hold it up into the light and try to put words around it. But one of the things that I love about how God operates and works is there are times when God allows us not to define it, 
but to demonstrate it and to see it demonstrated. Like there's these pictures that sometimes I see in life and I just go, that is beautiful. It happened to me recently. Um, not long ago, we started a partnership with a 1-7. They're a great a ministry in the Charlotte area that seeks to put the gospel uh, into action by serving uh, refugee and immigrant communities in Charlotte through transitional housing, through soccer, and through outreach programs. Uh, many months ago, I heard uh, and met Sarah. I don't know if you know Sarah's story or not. Likely you don't, but Sarah came uh, to 17 who, uh, when she literally was at bottom. She was at bottom uh, in her life. She was hopeless. She was forgotten, and she was neglected. And I have watched from a distance as these, these uh, people who serve at 17, staff and volunteers, have come alongside Sarah and loved her well. I mean, loved her with a compelling and a beautiful love. Like when I take Cademan to soccer practice, oftentimes a Sarah is there. Uh, when I went to a, a Garinger soccer game where a lot of the players play, uh, I looked up and Sarah was there. Uh, a couple weeks ago, Cademan had a tournament in Tennessee, and I saw this little video uh, on, on, online and through Instagram, and, and sure enough, Sarah was there. She was there celebrating her 19th birthday. And I was so blown away by this little minute video that I saw because I think it demonstrated this. And so I want you to watch it today. This is a little minute-long video of Sarah and, and her life being celebrated uh, by the people at 1-7. Go ahead and watch this. Love that. I don't know if you heard the lyrics of the song uh, that was playing, but I want to read them to you this morning. It, it says, Some days you're tired of trying to measure up. Uh, you see a girl who's not enough, and you look in the mirror. Some nights all you want to do is hide, because every time you look inside, you're face to face with failure. But you are loved. Not because of what you've done. No, even when your heart has run the other way, nothing's going to change his love, and you are wanted, not because you are perfect. I know that you don't think you're worth that kind of grace. Look into his face. You'll know that you are loved. My question for you this morning, Christ, is who, who loves like that? Who loves like that? I will tell you who loves like that. The people of God love like that. That the people of God love like that. 
And the reason that the people of God love like that is because they have been loved like that. And when you see it, when you see it and when you experience it, it is a beautiful, it is a beautiful. Beloved, let us love one another. For love is from God. And whoever loves has been born of God and knows God. Beloved, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. May God's love in Christ be yours this Christmas. May you, people of God, go out, love one another well.